Look, it's a flood. It's a flood. It's flooding. Get away. Quick, we need to get to higher ground. Open the floodgates. No one can know. No one knows what it's like. Yo, that song was in my head all day today. <laughs> For real? Yes. No, it wasn't. Uh, no. No, 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 no. But the thing is, this is like, it wasn't that part. It was the hard part where it was like, and if I swallow anything evil, put your finger down my throat. Yo, the who fucking rock. That's the who? Yeah! I did not know that was yeah. the who. No one knows what it's like. Yeah, I didn't know that was yeah, the who. Yeah, that's the who. That's crazy. The you know, I mean, like, what, what who songs do you know? Do you really know any who songs? Are you gatekeeping me, bro? No, 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 no. Oh, I'm, 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 okay. I'm <laughs> asking out of curiosity, and I want to enlighten, okay. if so, possible. So, you know how me, you know the, like, Sorted relationship me and rock music have, right? I mean, my version with hip hop is gonna come up later in this pod. I was gonna so. say, it's a very like 3 a.m. are you up kind of text. Like, you know, we don't talk, we don't really know each other's lives. It's just, she comes through every now and again, and I'm like, ooh, I like your dress, meet me in the bathroom. <laughs> All right, so there's two songs you might there's two songs you might know. Yo, there are people who are gonna be like, yo, what the fuck? How is Doc so like woke and so like trashy at, at the, the same, same time? time. <laughs> we'll get to that one. It's called balance. So the Who, the two other songs I think you might know. Are uh, one's Baba O'Reilly, Teenage Wasteland. Yeah. That song's not called Teenage Wasteland. No, it's not. It's called Baba O'Reilly. I feel like we've had this discussion on the pod before. We've not. Go ahead. And the other one you might know is um, I totally Pinball know. Wizard. He's yes. a pinball yes. wizard. Those are not the same song. No. Damn, yo, see, that's what I'm talking about, son. Oh, and the Who also have a, I can see for miles and miles. I can see for miles and miles. I can see for miles and miles and... I feel like that has a breakdown that I might recognize, but... People try to put us down talking about my generation. That's the who. Okay, okay, yeah, yep, yep. Somebody's dad is really happy right now. Like, yeah, man, fucking who rock? My dad. (laughs) My dad, like, loved Billy Joel and classical, and that's how I learned about the who. I'm like, my dad fucking rocks the who? Pete Townsend is such a badass! Yo, you know he used he was the one that was doing the guitar stuff where he was like doing the full windmill yeah, and Yeah, I do know that. And they were the ones that destroyed all of their gear on stage and stuff like that. They're the ones that almost famous is like kinda loosely based off of. Yeah. Right? Yeah. I swear we've had this conversation on the podcast. I think we've before. talked about the who as a party and but not that not them musically. We've never talked about them musically. One day, one day we will be professional in a... It's not worth it. One day we will be <laughs> professional enough 
to call ourselves a legitimate podcast. I mean, I like to think we're a legitimate podcast. It's just that if you walked into my house right now, you would not be like, oh, these guys film a podcast here every fucking week? Oh, listen to that quality audio. Well, actually, funny enough, when you told me when you had the flooring guy in and he saw the backdrop, and he was like, what's that for? And we're like, we record a podcast. Oh, I mean, I guess where else do people do that kind of stuff? I don't know. In a studio with professional equipment. Hi. That's not professional equipment. I'm Doc, and this is Ziggy, and our attitudes are rising up and crashing through. I already said who the fuck we are, and if. You're not aware. This is The Flood, the show with the pop perspective. To put the culture in context. And we, you know, tend to try and, I guess, make the mainstream make sense. So, you know what you should do? Keep your death threats to 140 characters or less if we piss you off. Always easy. It's not always easy. Especially when they upped it to 280, but keep your death threats to 280 characters or less doesn't sound as good. There's a lot going on. I mean, Space Jam 2 dropped Friday. I'm jealous that you already watched that. I haven't gotten to watch it yet. I had a good father-son moment with that shit, but I mean, that's what this one was for, for real, for real. Loki finished. Yeah, yeah. And we at least, you did watch the last episode, and we are gonna go into Jonathan Majors, because he stole that show. I missed a perfect that's what she said opportunity just now. Mm, I guess that's what Sylvie said. Or what Sylvie won't say. But I guess that's for you, Loki. They also always say love yourself. (laughs) Ah, ah. So uh, we'll talk about that. We got Britney is allowed legal representation. We got some festival updates. We do. Dipset versus the locks. You know, live and direct. Who for you motherfuckers post pandemic in this bitch? And I got some Russia or Florida's. Russia or Florida. <laughs> so let's talk about what do you want to? What do you? Where do you want to start? Well, let's just give a quick lighthouse update, real quick. Last week right? on the flood with Doc and Ziggy, Rachel Nichols got caught on a hot mic saying some racist shit. Can we just say racist shit? <sighs> Yeah, I don't know. There are some people who are going to like... Some questionably know. racist shit. Yes, there we go. Let's go questionable. It was some questionably racist things. Because her black co-worker got her job. Got a promotion that she was gunning for. And she was, you know, frightfully butthurt about it. But she had to make it racial. That's where it gets kind of like, eh, did you have to go there with it? So Maria Taylor, who is fantastic at her job, by the way. Uh, as I mentioned, her contract was going to be up before the finals are even over. Right. Well, it now looks like she is lined up to sign with NBC Sports. You done fucked up, ESPN. Damn, NBC Sports, huh? You think the reason so they who kept else is Rachel on... Nichols is because of Diane Sawyer. So who else is on NBC Sports, though? Uh, I mean, I think they have, like, they're the channel that has the Super Bowl a lot. I think. I don't know. I honestly don't know. Who else is on NBC Sports? Yeah. Um, So you don't watch NBC Sports, though? Yeah, it's... I mean, I know NBC is probably one of the channels. What I'm saying is 
does it really feel like that this is a good, you know, that this is something that Maria Taylor is going to work out in her benefit? Or do you feel like she was given a choice? You know what I mean? Like, was she given a bag? Yeah, I guess, yeah, there could be that. There's always that, right? Like, how big... I The payoff must have been right, right? For her to leave the toxic network that... Just like the payoff was right for Floyd Mayweather to fight Logan Paul. What did he call it? <laughs> A legal robbery? Yeah. Might as well have been. Anyway, yeah, that was some updates. It looks like uh, ESPN fucked it up. And Maria Taylor is going to be heading to NBC Sports. Okay. And you mentioned off mic, you were like, "Is does ESPN have a monopoly? I'm like, no, no, not, well, not really anymore. Feels like it though, doesn't it? Because ESPN also doesn't get more than one football game every Sunday. I mean, they have Monday Night Football too, but that's only two football games in the week that ESPN is actually getting. I just feel like, I guess it's part ESPN of... ESPN split on the NBA with Turner. Okay. I guess, yeah, it just feel like part of the branding, you know, ESPN is like the Google of sports. I mean, Stephen A. Smith right now is the face of ESPN. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know if that is a good thing. No disrespect to Stephen A. Smith. Stay off the weed! He's like, y'all gotta let me live that down, yo. That's Who like, is on crack? It's shit like that, though. It's shit like that. Shit like that. It's shit All right, like I will that, say, though. one of the best accounts on Twitter is Stephen A. Smith's burner account. And what is what is the Stephen A. Smith it's, burner it's, account? It's some fan account. I swear to it's gotta be run by, like, multiple people. But every single, like, athlete... GM, reporter, anything like that that tweets out, Stephen A. Smith burner shows up with some clip of Stephen A. reacting. It's it, like, fucking great. And, and he he doesn't miss. He never misses a tweet. He, damn. Damn. It's, it, he never misses so much that it's become a meme that he never misses. Like, this is a parody account followed by professional athletes oh, damn. and like professional media members. Damn. It's like that. <laughs> yeah, it has like 500,000 followers. What's your favorite uh, Stephen A. Smith burner account? Oh man, I always enjoy a good who is on crack or uh, baby Stephen A. Smith memes. Those are great. Baby Steven? Oh, God. Oh, where they use where the, they baby the baby filter? Yeah. yeah, okay. Oh, man. So, you know, we are sliding into festival season here. You said you got tickets lined up. with. I got tickets for the Deftones that got rescheduled to Damn. May Damn. 2022. Damn. Well, James... I, I thought about it, though, and oh, it kind of okay. makes sense because... Not everybody's handling COVID as well as Maryland is. That part. And it's uh, at least a national tour. Yeah, yeah. And I mean, festival season doesn't really kick off probably or isn't going to really kick off 
until late summer, probably, you know, early fall, which is all late summer the way the fucking heat is looking at. Because, like, I know we don't normally talk about the weather, but my God, this fucking heat has been relentless. Y'all stay safe. Drink. This is your reminder, your daily reminder to drink water. Lots of water, <laughs> especially if you water sweating. Water. <laughs> Don't ever sweat the technique, though. Feels real good that I'm just going out and shooting. Like, I was out for an hour. It was really nice this morning. It was, like, low 80s, but there was a breeze. Yeah. So I just, I was out for an hour not, like, killing myself shooting. Right. Just, you know, kind of fucking around. Yeah. Mm. And uh, kind of like um, you know LeBron's son in Space Jam, but we won't we won't talk about that, you know, not yet. I want your no spoiler review of it. Okay, okay. Give well, me your we, no spoiler review. We'll, of Space we'll Jam. get into that a little bit later. We're talking festivals right now. Okay, you know? okay, okay, okay. So yeah, my Deftones tickets got rescheduled until next year, and I think that's probably because like touring acts are gonna have some hesitancy. Yeah. Like we, our state's like over what? 70% vaccination rate? Yo, I 80% saw, vaccination rate? Oh God. I saw it was like Alabama and Missouri and Mississippi, they're, they're under like 40, 30% vaccination rate. I can't remember who it was, but I saw somebody just cancel their whole fucking concert because one of the Brodies or crew members, you know, tested positive for COVID. And they were like, yo, look, we're not fucking around when it comes to this shit. And who knows if they're vaccinated or not. You know, it's still a decent amount of the country that is refusing, absolutely refusing <laughs> to get the vaccinations. And But then there's, you know, this disturbing rise in infection rates because of the Delta variant. And it's oddly enough, the people who are, I don't know, you know, you could say this is conspiracy, just like I can't say that I, for certain that the, the, the earth, the planet that we are on is round. You know, I'm just assuming that it's round like a giant meatball, right? That, have you heard I mean. the Have you re heard the reason? No, but what I'm but what I'm saying is the overwhelming amount of people dying from COVID, according to the numbers right now, are people who aren't vaccinated. It's like 99.5%. Like so, maybe. Maybe higher. Get vaccinated. And at worst, you get a one-way ticket off of this hell ride. At best, you get some superpowers. Thanks, government. <laughs> Wait, hold on. Let me see if I can get my keys to stick to my chest. <laughs> see, Magneto? Look. Look. I walk through electronic doors and still just pretend I am Magneto. The mRNA, what they're not telling you is the mRNA that they are injecting into certain peoples is activating the X gene in selected individuals to cause a crisis that will disturb the global economy and will force the reptile peoples out of hiding and we will then finally get them to admit to fucking kids. <laughs> Duh. So Jay-Z's Made in America tour. Oh my god! <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> it's not underway. 
It is September 4th. Lizard people are fucking kids! September 4th. This year. I don't even know where you started with that! It's set to- I love how you're just trying to, like, breeze right past this. The like, I'm not just gonna be stuck on the fact that you- The 10 year anniversary of Jay-Z's Made in America tour. And it's happening at the Benjamin Franklin Parkway in, uh, Philadelphia. And so far, the lineup is stacked. You've got artists from Lloyd Banks, the whole Griselda lineup. Woo! Young Thug, Pierre Bourne. Yo, I mean, ASAP Ferg, Moneybag Yo, Freddie Gibbs, Tinashe, Bobby Schmurda. He's back! Meg the Stallion, Doja Cat, Justin Bieber, Lil Baby. I, I swear mean, to God, for every single Bobby Schmurda set, they should have somebody up top. And he walks out and he grabs the mic and he just throws up his head and the hat drops. <laughs> Yo, this shit's gonna get played out so quick. I mean, I can, look, it's gonna be hype though, right? Like, especially after COVID. He's gotta do it once. Everybody He's feel, gotta do everybody it feel like Bobby Schmurder right now because we all just got out, right? Like, literally, we all just got out, right? Bobby Schmurder <laughs> is the avatar of 2021. Yeah. <laughs> So if you vaccinated, go get your Bobby Schmurd on. You know, get your Casamigos, get your Tito's, you know how... Just don't get locked up for seven years. Just don't get locked up on a Friday. Or your day off. (laughs) Or your day off. Don't call out of work and then go to the ball game and then get... And then go viral. You know what I mean? (laughs) You know what I mean? I mean, so, like, these concerts is looking hot, and like I said, now, now that we are all out and about, even the versus battles, like the IG versus battle, yeah. Dipset. The first concert, nope, never mind. No. It's not the first concert back in Madison Square Garden, but this is the first versus that they are going to be doing. I-R-L, my nigga. At an arena. Like, the the Gucci Jeezy one was at a club. Right. Well, okay, yeah. So, I mean, and you brought up an interesting point. Like, I hope because they have this huge venue space that they will at least perform some of the songs and not just sit and listen to them shits with everybody. Uh Uh-huh. Uh-huh. You remember this shit? You remember? Listen. Listen. We did that. Yeah! Remember we did that? In 1994! Remember how we had you like? Yeah. And this shit is getting heated. I mean, Styles P is already like, you know, cracking jokes, talking about Oh yeah. Can't I mean, nobody say dipset winning lyrically. And I'm like, damn, yo, you ain't had to go there. And then <laughs> like Jim Jones is out there talking smack for dipset, you know what I mean? And it just I I don't know. I, I might watch I, this I mean, one. <laughs> Styles is Styles P is definitely one of the strongest out there when it comes. Like Jada, he he's got clout when he steps Jada behind Kiss. a mic. Him and Jadakiss is like the Batman and Robin <laughs> of fucking rap, yo. Like they literally like the best tag team, one of the best tag team, if not the best tag team duo. When they go bar for bar, it's fucking insane. Yo. Who would you say are the other two? The other duos. Method and Red. That was what I was thinking of. Uh, Andre and Big Boy. Boom. Yeah. Huh? Two Life Crew. Well, yeah. Yeah. Dre and Snoop. Yeah. 
I mean, off the top of my head, right? Like that's 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 gonna come up with off the top. Like, oh, uh, Drake and Wayne. I was gonna say Kanye, Kanye, Kanye and Jay. Ooh, Watch the Throne was tough though. Yeah. Yeah. Watch the Throne was tough. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Absolutely thrilled we're getting concerts back. Putting on for New York. And speaking of putting on for New York, have you seen the Biggie Smalls Budweiser Tallboy Kid? What? <laughs> In partnership with the with the Wallace Estate. So, okay. So, you know, Biggie's mama is out for the bag again. And this time she has partnered with Budweiser. And they have put together... You think Christopher, you think Christopher Wallace is... is I feel like he's fine with that. He's like, I'm still providing for that's, my mom. That's when I was listening to the interview with, or I guess when I was reading the article, I listened to articles because I work and I have to multitask, guys. When I was listening to the article, that's what his mother said, essentially, was that I feel like Biggie would appreciate this and this is something that he would agree with. So, as you can see, they have plastered this man's face all over a tall boy of Budweiser reading Notorious B.I.G. in iconic Budweiser font with, you know, the New York skyline in the background, specifically Brooklyn, if I remember correctly. I know Jalen and Jacoby are trying real hard to build up the movement to get Biggie Small's statue outside of Barclays. Well, not only are they doing this can, but they will also be holding a uh, celebration memorial concert for Biggie Smalls in a park somewhere in Brooklyn, August 19th, in uh, Prospect Park. They will be holding a concert in memory of Biggie. So, you know, I don't know where the funds for all that shit is going. Um, it looks like the concert will include the locks and Lil' Kim and maybe even Busta Rhymes. So, it could be a hot concert. I don't know. If you in the area, maybe get tickets for that shit. I don't know if you gotta buy a can to get tickets, but hey. Oh, no, it says the concert is free to those age 21 and over. Tickets will be, I don't know. Look, check it out though, maybe. Get in the wait line. Have cash in your wallet, but be pleasantly surprised when you don't need to use it. I, I, at first, I felt like this was a who the fuck asked for this. Yeah, I can get behind it. I, I don't. I, I don't, don't understand I why he's on Budweiser cans, I but I guess I still don't know if I can get behind it. But I mean, I, I don't know if I can either. Here we are. <laughs> Here we are, 2021. You know, it is currently July 18th as we record. MTV has announced that they will be. Rebooting Cribs. How you feel about that? I'm trying to think of some celebrities whose Cribs I would want to see. Well, right off top, I can tell you we have Rick Ross, Big Sean, Tinashe. I think they said Post Malone, you know? And of course, probably, I don't know, like Quavo, Offset. I'm sure we'll see lots of uh, other people. Uh, I want to sure see, we'll see lots of other people. I want to no, see we, Dwayne Wade and Gabrielle Union's house. Ooh, okay. I'm trying to think. Also, so, Jimmy Butler's house, just because uh, he's really, really weird. He I'm, used to have a giant aquarium. Like, he had an apartment in Chicago, right? And the aquarium took up, like, a legitimate third of the apartment. 
Ah, niche aquarium. Were they wall aquarium? Was it a wall aquarium? It was not only like a wall, it was like separating wall aquarium. Okay. So like you would walk in and there would be this aquarium and then you'd have to like make a right and then this aquarium is still on. <laughs> it's It was a huge fucking aquarium. What is the biggest flex you can remember from MTV's Cribs? The original MTV Cribs. The fact that they made, that the gorillas made one. I don't remember that one. There is an MTV episode, uh, MTV Cribs episode of the gorillas. I, who's, who's, who had the house whose roof like pulled back for the fucking like pool or what? Wasn't it like iced tea or somebody like that? Yeah, that, that sounds had, like that. Yo, and I was like, what the fuck? But nigga, did your roof just fucking retract? Like, <laughs> but yeah, no, like the gorillas one was like wild. They knocked on the door and Murdoch answered the door and he's like, oh yeah, well, welcome. <laughs> and you see, <laughs> what the fuck? No, seriously, like. Hold on, I'm looking. I'm, we're 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 looking at it now. If I can, I'll green screen it up here in the background so you can see. But what... yeah, this is like an actual thing. Oh, okay. Uh-huh. Yeah, and this sloppy nigga just walking around. This kind of, like, reminds oh, me... Oh, Murdoch is an asshole. What Redman's would have been like. That was awesome. You know they have a whole story narrative to them, right? Yes, yes, yes. That's what the whole, like, Plastic Beach... Mm-hmm. Each album has, like, a whole... Yeah. It's dope as fuck. It's artistic as One shit. of my favorite Without things... Without being pretentious. Right? Yes. One of my favorite things about it is, you know the Stylo music video where Bruce Willis is chasing after him in the car? Mm-hmm. So that's not Bruce Willis playing anybody. Somehow the gorillas pissed off actual Bruce Willis. So they did something that, so was this like a Joe Budden-esque thing and they just actually got him on tape chasing them? I think so, I would guess, but I, I know. Do you remember, do you know what I'm talking about? Do you remember when Joe Budden was on, went viral for chasing those kids down the street because they were like throwing rocks at his car or something? Oh, no, 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 it wasn't like that. It oh, was, okay. they were driving down the desert road and then Bruce Willis shows up behind them in his car and he pulls out this like fucking deagle and he's just like, boom, boom. Okay, Meanwhile, so. 2D is like shuddering in the back seat. Murdoch is like acting like a giant asshole, and then um, Robo Noodle is like spazzing out driving the car. So, who's somebody else you would want to see in the new MTV? Do you think first and foremost, let's let's roll it back a little bit. Do you think that this is something that can sustain itself in today's culture and climate? And maybe like two minute like snapshots because everybody has a micro home celebrity micro home well that's the room i was thinking like an instagram reels worth so like eight minute like because i mean even this one with i don't want to watch like 25 minutes of just straight up like post malone flexing on me i'm just like Dude, you look like the guy I would buy mids from in eighth grade. Every, wow. not eighth grade. In eighth grade. Look at you, you, you degenerate. It wasn't eighth grade. I just picked up a really innocent year. Eighth, I don't know. Anyway, I mean, the one, so like, I think I remember correctly. They usually did like three or four people an episode. Right? Yeah. So that means like each one was probably like somewhere between seven to like five to seven minutes. Yeah. I mean, 
I could see... I wouldn't... I wouldn't want a lot of it. I would want it to just be like... Shorts. Yeah. Dropped. So, like, Instagram. Like, on a streaming... I don't want them to just be, like, on my feed. Right. Like, I want them to do a streaming so, service, but not have, like, 30 minutes. Just be, like, seven minutes, eight minutes, six minutes. So, damn, now I have to, like... I can't remember where this is going to be a feature on. I feel like it's going to be on Paramount+. Plus. Yeah, it's a Viacom thing, so it's probably going to be on Paramount+. Plus. I think that it will sustain itself because we still have that i mean lust to live vicariously through people through celebrities right like and it's not going anywhere especially as the wealth divide continues to grow even steeper and starker and darker and deeper and danker I'm sorry. What happened? Um. Anyway, Lower. even as the wealth divide continues to and grow, sunken place. <laughs> uh, people still lust after luxury. Hmm. Peep the alliteration. Anyway, <laughs> with I mean, like burden back to the daily program, stuck in their ways. Lust. Both of us enjoy Too Hot to Handle, a show where they are not fucking. <laughs> I couldn't tell you a single fucking scene or any like detail outside no. of like Cam's D20 tattoo. No. But it was fun to watch. Pure escapism, right? And that's all MTV Cribs ever was, is watch these celebrities and houses that they rented. Cause let's come on. I mean Alright, Gabby Yu and Dwayne Wade's house would be that nice. And Rick Ross does own mad properties now. And I mean times are different, right? Which is why I would love to see like a Redman reboot. Like let's go to Redman's crib now. Is he still living in the same townhouse in New Jersey? Is he still keeping it funky fresh like he was? Or has he grown? <laughs> you know what I mean? Has his character developed as a person? <laughs> Cause I, that's what we're here for, right? Right? You know, that's what Loki was all about, was character development. Well, we'll get to, we'll get to that, but... Ah, ah, that's a teaser for you. Break! I'm, no! No. I'm pissed and I'm not even being clever. card. Alright, I'm done. I just needed to get that off my chest. Right! <laughs> yes. Yeah, if yes. you hear me hiccuping, it's, uh, it's just natural. Just, just go with it. Yeah, it's fine. We'll let it ride. We'll let it ride. So why don't you tell the people about yourself a little bit, Mark? I found you initially from your serving stories, and I didn't even know you were into magic. Hearing your, uh, your serving stories and then you started to open up when you were like, I started from the bottom, now I'm here. I think I remember seeing like you at one point were like struggling to find a place to stay. It, the, the truth of it is, is, is a few years ago, my wife and I were in, we're, we're in pretty rough, uh, pretty rough straits. Um, we have a son, babies okay. are, are nothing but drains on your bank account. We had to pawn uh, my, my wife's uh, grandmother's jewelry and, and the, <clears throat> The, and the the uh, the gold necklace that my grandmother, who passed away as well, got me. We were in really rough shape. Now you're flipping ninety thousand dollar collections. 
How yeah. do you get there? Um, you know, hey. started started as a as a busboy, finished as as a as a as a manager and a, a you know fine dining server and hey. went to school. But it's hard to beat the money that you make when you're a server. So yeah, I mean, especially if you're good at it. Look, talk to him. Let him know. It ain't easy, but you oh, did yeah. it. But you know that's yeah, what happens I was, when. I was once in a position so bad, I went to go work for a TGI Fridays. I just needed a job, and uh, the guy told me I can't hire you because you're too overqualified. Because I had just came from a fine dining establishment, and I was like, "Dude, I just need a job. Like, I, I am, I am asking you for a job." And he's like, "No, because you know you have certain processes that you understand, and we don't do that here at Friday. So I'm sorry, but you have too many qualifications." I was wow. like, "Sorry, rock and roll. You man. are, you are too good for TGI Fridays." That's such a great compliment, though. I, I guess when you need a job, it's not really a great compliment. No, not at all. <laughs> but in hindsight, when you look back at it, oh, man, yeah, I'm too no, good for funny. TGI Fridays. This is great. There, and my brother was like, yeah, my manager was like, oh, but there's no way I'm hiring that guy. Like, he'll try to run the restaurant. I was like, okay. Damn. Well, hey, look, it all worked out in the best for you, right? Somebody. Hey, look at where you sitting at now. Yes. You Sounds know, like that uh, manager is a little insecure with himself. Nothing but views. Yeah, I, I guess, you know, got a little dick syndrome, but that's fine. Uh, you know, some people some people are, are not growers or showers. <laughs> Tiny dick attitude. That's it, you know, and that's fine. All dicks are beautiful, though. Let's remember that. <laughs> yeah, we won't dick shame here on the flood podcast. Except for that manager's. His dick was it was the Quasimodo of dicks. Ew! Yeah. Small and hunchbacked. Oh, God. Yeah, he's just, it has the, the curve. Looks like a goose looking to the side. You know, you just don't need it. Or a boomerang, but bent like to the left. It's absolutely horrifying. This sounds like something in a Will Ferrell movie. Just, this sounds like something that goes on in my head regularly. So, <laughs> that, uh, that actually brings me to a, a good point. I know you've been writing uh, about magic for a while. Articles on Chatter of Fireball to erotic fan fiction and 280 characters or less. Oh, yeah. And what I want to know is why Gavin Verhey hasn't given you a job. You know, they're afraid of me <laughs> at the end of the day. The truth of it is, is I was a writer for, for Star City Games for like a good six years and TCG mm. player for about a year before that. Yeah, they're, they're, they're like the bigger sites. And I had, I was read up there in terms of, you know, people that, that had large fan bases. And Wizards never gave me a damn thing. They never sent me gifts or, listen, I'm not bitter but still it's like it. what the fuck you know you, I'm, I mean that's a whole nother thing with I'm wizards. sure you bring in a whole different like you know kind of clan and market with you so it's like you know if you out there and you bring in attention like the rest of these clowns are why shouldn't you get your comeuppance well I mean wizards has been taking advantage of this system for how long at this point ever since arena they realized they can get free marketing out of these content creators that they don't even have to support so this kind of goes into yeah. like my first question. What what brought you to Magic as opposed to like any other tabletop game? And how did you get into trading for profit? So I started playing Magic back in 1999. I was getting ready to get heart surgery and I couldn't play sports anymore. So I needed something that sort of filled the void and I saw these two kids playing it in the library at the middle school I went to and I was like I'll just take a, a gamble and see what this is and yeah. I kind of kind of got enamored with the game and started playing it and got very competitive with it and you know won some 
some pretty good tournaments. I mean, you're a former athlete, so you, you're a yeah, natural I mean, I was a middle school athlete, so what am I going to do? Like, I'm, I'm not... <laughs> Uh, you know, hey, anybody right who now. plays some sports has got to have some. Year old me playing wiffle ball, you know, it's like, what was I really? Hey, don't do wiffle ball. I got invited to play a league this weekend. I would go. That's, that shit's fun. It is, but, unless uh, somebody knows I, how to actually throw that curveball. Yeah, you got it. You got that wicked with the ball with the holes in it. <laughs> but I, I started trading for profit back in probably 2011 when I realized I had a lot of cards that people wanted, and I liked money. Yeah. So I could, uh, you know, I could trade up on things. Like if I had a fifty dollar card, I would get, I would have them trade me like sixty dollars and stuff. And even though it's minuscule, and you're making ten dollars profit, you're doing that, you know, three hundred times in in a month, and you, all of a sudden you're making three thousand dollars a month, and you're you're starting to notice your life is changing a little bit. So Ooh. time period wise, this is right around the birth of modern. This would be right before the birth of Modern. This was back during Old Extended. I think Modern was like 2013 or 14, and this for me would have been around 2011. I started in 2010 or 11. I remember my first standard was uh, Zendikar Scars. But, oh, okay, um, that was a good time. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, that actually was one of the other things, is uh, you were talking about flipping things for that were $50 for $60. Yeah. What do you think gives magic, like, I guess, its value? What do you think is the draw behind Magic the Gathering as opposed to any other tabletop game? If you don't say it, Mark, I'll say it after you're done talking. Sure. Uh, for me, though, it's, it's escapism. I think for people that that want to get rid of the daily doldrums of, of work and school, they, they escape into Magic, which is a very social game. It's a competitive game. It, it's a casual game. It offers you just about every type of avenue that you could want with the game. For me, it, it's that form of escapism that it offers people. Okay. The thing that I said that would still give it value is the reserved list. Fucking piece of shit. You, you want to tell us about your the reserve list? Can, like, I don't actually know the history and everything of it as well as somebody who has a significant financial interest in it. Can you explain what the reserve list is and why it exists? Yeah, the reserve list is a bunch of sets that wizards basically said they will never print again. And they okay. decided not to print them again because there was a set called Chronicles. And Chronicles dropped the value of a lot of cards. And this is years ago. So remember, this means like a $20 card became like a $5 card. Ooh. So collectors were really, really up in arms about the fact that their collections were not worth money. Right. So, or worth significantly less money. So Wizards made a verbal promise, not even a written promise, a verbal promise, that they would no longer print sets uh, that are from a certain time period all the way back. Okay. Giving them so, like a vintage quality. Yeah, so the, the the reserve list is a giant piece of monkey shit. <laughs> yeah, it's the worst thing that's going on in Magic, and this is coming from somebody who has about $450,000 in reserve list cards between power, dual lands, previous sets, non-English white border, black border, like, you know, signed, like almost a half million dollars in cards that are on that list. I think it absolutely screws up Magic. It doesn't give people the ability to play with every card that they should be able to play with. Mm. And to the people that go, well, Magic's a luxury hobby, and Magic, you have to pay for it if you want it. Fuck off. 
it's okay. a card game. Okay. You know, like, somebody should get the enjoyment of playing a Grim Monolith, you know, and, and not have to pay $400 for it. So that was like, going to, so that gets into a couple of my other questions. I was going to ask, one, do you consider yourself more of a competitive player than, or a collector? And two, do you feel like Magic is becoming a competitively play-to-win kind of game? Uh, Magic has always pay been a competitively play-to-win game. Pay-to-win. Uh, pay I mean, pay-to-win. Pay, if you say pay-to-win. Yeah, um, my, my bad. To an extent, with Magic Arena being one of the, the forefronts of Magic's face, it requires a lot of money to play that. It's not like you can go out there and just trade for cards and or in other games how you can like dust your superfluous cards and use you know, the resources to make other cards. So for that respect, I, I wouldn't say it's, it's pay-to-win, but it definitely helps if you have money, and that's the same in paper, especially in formats like Vintage and Legacy and, and Modern. The decks are metrically more expensive. Okay. So, you know, that definitely is gonna, it's definitely gonna cost you more to play the decks you want or the decks that are good for that matter. I mean, I told you before, I have cards in my commander deck that are worth more in their weight than Plutonium. Mm. So you would you say that the direction that the company is heading, though, makes it a pay-to-win kind of game? The direction the company is heading in is, is more casual-friendly because that's what sells money. That's okay. what there sells money. That's what sells cards, and that's what right. makes money. Right. So you think they're Commander making it more of an sort of changed that, that dynamic. Yeah. Okay. Wizards of the Coast recently, with the secret layers, crossed the Rubicon... And now we can play Rick Grimes as a commander. Yep. Jump How do you think this bodes for the health of magic with your financial opportunity that comes with it, but also as your as a player? To me, magic's its own thing. Like, yeah, you can make all of these different planes, but they're still like fucking magic. Yes. If 1,000 Walking Dead fans decide to play magic because of that, it's awesome to me. If you know, with the Godzilla cards, I saw an influx of people that were buying my cards that were like, I'm not, I don't play Magic, I just want all these, I just want all these Godzilla cards, like, because they're cool, I want to put them, like, in a showcase or put them in a giant frame and, you know. Interesting. So, Interesting. So we disagree yeah. on that one. But then again, I'm a crotchety old fuck. I told you you were being a gatekeeper, yo. Yeah. So oh, that's fine. I hate everybody, so it's it's <laughs> like you know I understand being crotchety. It's fine. <laughs> and uh, this is just a reminder that uh, Hasbro, the parent company of Wizards of the Coast, has posted record profits. This I mean, look, year. look when you introduce you know franchises like Godzilla and The Walking Dead, yeah, to a market who may have otherwise kind of like ignored this kind of a game, way smart like business wise. Okay, so Mark, uh, I used to work at MTG First uh, at when it was first coming into form, and uh, I basically got a crash course in economics and finances. So, in your experience recently in dealing during COVID, the nostalgia bubble boom. Logan Paul opens a fucking box of Pokemon cards, and then people are bull rushing Walmart. Yep. All of the cardboard gets sold out. Wizards, during COVID, prints multiple sets designed to be scarce. You walk into Walmart, 
All of the shelves are bare, except for all of the Strixhaven packs and the D&D packs. What the fuck? There's a lot to unpack there, but how do you believe these events affect your business personally? Not to sound insensitive, but COVID was the best thing that ever happened to me. Oh, yeah, I don't blame you. I I told you before that Yogmoss Will, I sold you. I bought it for 250 bucks during COVID. Real talk. Yeah. I admit it. It it became one of those things where, for at least for Magic and Pokemon and Yu-Gi-Oh! and and sports cards and games like that, the, the bubble erupted with those games. And, you know, especially sports cards, you saw cards going for that used to be like five or 600 bucks going for 15, $16,000. You know, same with, same with, uh, uh, we call it Pokemon, uh, especially. I paid know, my uh, card insurance with the Charizard. Ruined it for everybody. A shadowless Charizard that used to be worth, you know, 400 bucks or 200 bucks now is, you know, depending on the condition worth 700 to 1200 bucks. That's so it's, it, it definitely, people got a lot of time to reflect on, what makes them happy or what made them happy or, you know, better time, better place, yeah, better life. I totally agree. And that's what I think really drove Magic the Gathering single sales. And uh, on top of that, it was, you know, the fact that the government was giving them, quote unquote, free money, right. you know, in the form of COVID relief. Uh, I reinvested people, that in the shiny cardboard, not going to lie. Yeah. And it's paid off. Oh, boy, how but it's, it's like <laughs> I said earlier, it's, it's escapism. You know, you escaped right. into building commander decks for the excitement of, hey, when I, it's time to play Magic again, when I can go sit in a store, I, I've got decks ready. Like, I've got cool decks ready. Exactly. And I think that was that it was like that longing to have the interaction with people that drove a, a large sum of the sales because people were just super ready to have that experience again. So they were just like, bulking up and saving. Interesting. As we've heard a thousand times in these uncertain times, people were seeking comfort in nostalgia. People grew up playing Yu-Gi-Oh! People grew up playing Magic. The Paul brothers grew up playing fucking Pokemon. I will say, Logan walking out with that Charizard chain, at first I was like, ew, but then I thought about it for a second. I'm like, nah, that's a really fucking boss flex. I would do the same thing. That's some gangster-ass shit. Yeah. Yeah, Yeah, I have to agree. I'm down with that. It was totally a millennial flex. So, Mark, if you could make any changes to MTG or Wizards of the Coast's current business model, what would you suggest? Forward? Uh, not suggest. Let's just make you the czar of <laughs> Wizards of the Coast. Uh, I would burn the reserve list to the ground. That would be my step one. I would just tell everybody that, you know, that has their blue chip stocks invested in Magic the Gathering cards. So I'm sorry, but I, I can make tens of millions more if I just put these cards on the street. But uh, <laughs> I would also lean heavier into Commander. I would start, you know, they make Commander-specific sets now, but I would I would definitely lean a little heavier into Commander in, in my set design, which I think they're already doing now. Okay. But I would I would certainly make that a little bit more of a of a point, for me at least, is, is more of that the focus. a little bit. It's already very robust. Right. But it can always be. It can always be more, and as as long as they don't overdo it, I think that that's where. It's not just the future. Magic is heading a commander. Magic has been heading towards commander for for a very long time. So, I would lean a little bit more into that format. Okay, 
Okay. Zig says that you're looking into other trading ventures here moving forward. What what, what do you think your next your next project is going to be? We got into Pokemon, which was a, it wasn't like a huge departure from what we what we do in Magic. We don't buy as much of it. We just buy a lot more of the high end. We buy like rated cards and the Charizards, the Blastoises, the Venusaurs. Yeah. The, uh, the SMP 500 of of Magic cards, the ones where it's safe to put your money. That's something. That's something we've actually wanted to talk about. Card games as legal money laundering. Right. Collecting as legal money laundering. Where did you get all this assets? I pulled this card from a pack twenty years ago. Yep. Easy peasy lemon squeezy. Right. Right. So you agree? Just launder that money. Yep. Yeah. The Silk Road of card games. And it, I mean, look, money laundering has fueled the art industry for a long time, and nobody can tell me otherwise. It's it's non traceable, and I say just go with it. I mean, you know, the money is it money flows through the economy somehow, right? Like, okay, so Mark is not saying legally; he's just suggesting that maybe it might work if you want to give it a try. Hi, Ted, the Fed. Don't worry, Ted is the uh, the NSA agent who listens to all of our episodes. He's been following yeah, since day the, one. The so. man outside my house. Yeah. <laughs> all right, uh, Mark. This is a really important question. So, what is your favorite fan fiction that you've written on Twitter? Uh, it would definitely be Nicol Bolas and Ugin having incest sex. <laughs> <laughs> Go on. Here's the thing. Here's the thing. It started out as a joke because they they basically went out and everybody knew that Chandra and Nissa in love. Everybody knew. So Wizards came out and made a stand. No, Chandra is decidedly straight. That was the words that they used, decidedly straight. So I started writing like joke fiction about other characters being gay and exploring their, their sexuality. And people really, really, really latched onto it. Like, it was pretty fucking crazy how many people were like, this is so hot. Yeah. <laughs> and then you just kept writing of it. I'm just like, oh my lord, these are super graphic, really well written, and they shouldn't be, but they are. <laughs> it was it was funny and and what here's the thing for your listeners. People started paying me a lot of money to write them. Wow! <laughs> hey, get that bag, yo! Get we done. We need to do it. I'm not like, even mad. One night, I was sitting on the couch with my wife, and she's like, "What are you doing?" I'm like, "I'm writing more of those magic smut stories." Like, Why? And I go, "Honey, in like two hours, I made three hundred fifty dollars." Yay! <laughs> hey, holla at him, OnlyFans. The fuck? Y'all busy wasting you know, your time in you OnlyFans. You heard that DJ Khaled is having an OnlyFans now, right? Oh, yeah. I mean, like, uh, you can pit me out for anything. Like, if it's, if it comes down to, like, making money, my saying, if you follow me on Twitter, is do the work. It's, you know, it came from The Rock, and it always resonated with me. Do the work. Right. And I, I my entire life, have done nothing but work hard and hustled on the side and, you know, worked in terms of like having a job that I worked 40 hours a week at, but then also doing other things like, you know, like magic cards and video games and just everything possible to to improve my quality of life and my wife and son's quality of life. And that includes writing stories about- Two dragons having incestual sex. sex with Liliana. Like, you know, that's- Decidedly straight. Wow. 
press release you could tell was written by a white guy for 100, Alex. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, 100, Mavar. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, Zig, did you have any other questions for Mark before we let him go? Um, I actually did. I had one magic question and then one irreverent, rele irrelevant question. You were serving for a really long time. You always on Twitter talk about customer service first attitude to your dealings. Yep. And I've, I've personally experienced that. You were saying you would take like a $50 card to a $60 card. I do know how MTG Finance works uh, a little bit from my years working it before. And is it that hospitality mentality that you carry over into the finance world that you're more willing to build the relationship with the customer for a long-term investment than just oh, try yeah. to focus on the bottom dollar? Yeah, I mean, I, I went from somebody that would try to squeeze out a few bucks on cards to now the the business model that, that myself and my partner at NextBridge Games have implemented is buy high, don't ding the customer as badly as the big stores. Sell for a reasonable amount of money, make your profit, and get the hell out and move on to the next card. Mm. We don't hold cards, and if we do hold cards, eventually we start making some sick deals on them. Yep. I will knock money off of deals if people are like, oh, I'm going to spend 600 bucks. can you do it for 550 I'm like, well, we paid 450 for those cards. Shit, let's make 100 bucks and move on. You know, right. It's not always about maximizing your profits. It's Sometimes it's about making good deals getting the customer to come back, respecting your customers, not treating them like a number. That's the big one. I mean, when you go to like a big box, like a Star City or a Card Kingdom or something like that, they give you a number, they deduct your money, they give, they give you that payment, they move on to the next one. They when speed they out that sorting on that play mat faster right. than you can imagine, and then they just look up with the number and they say, this is what we're gonna give you. You're about building yeah. sustainable you know, relationships. We, we try to make it personal. Right, right. And like I told you, I uh, I took my actual most valuable magic card and sold it to Mark, and right. he got me the card that would work better for my deck in return, which I thank you very much for, by the way. Hey, you're welcome. It's just about doing the right thing. I mean, that's where, like, my, my customer service background is make the customer happy no matter what. It's and that's, that's what I learned, and that was my motto. It was always do the right thing and make the customer happy every single time. That's what has been missing, and that's what's allowed myself and, and my partner and the, our team to be so successful. We genuinely give a shit about the people that buy cards off of us because we know they're putting food on our table. Right. And we know they're they're improving our lives. They're they saved our business during COVID. Right. If it comes down to knocking like three or four dollars off a card to get somebody to come back and 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 tell their friends or like I was just sitting here today and I got five messages for people that wanted to sell collections that I didn't even make a post saying like, hey, I'm buying collections. No, right I now, saw you bought the $90,000 one the other day. We did. It was it was uh, a $90,000 collection and I won't say what we paid for it, but the guy was very happy. Oof. He was exceedingly happy with what we offered him. At it the was end. a and beautiful it took some collection. back and forth. It took a little bit of, of give on our part coming up a few thousand dollars, which is not a little bit of money. It's for $3,000, we could buy two pretty decent collections. Right, no, but, and- know, We decided to, to push our chips in the middle on, on this collection that, that we just purchased. It's been a banger so far. Really, really comes down to just do the right thing. Just treat people with respect and dignity. That's yeah. a good Give movie. A good experience every time, and they'll come back to you. And if they don't, and they're like, fuck this guy, like, 
I don't like the prices he gave me, blah, blah, blah. It's like, well, you can't do anything at that point. Like, that that's not a relationship you can save. But if you can make 99 good ones and the 100th one sucks, you've made 99 good relationships. Exactly. I've always said that working in the service industry builds empathy. You know, you learn how to empathize with people, especially when you work in like a, you know, a real, like a cook job or like a restaurant server kind of job. You know, you really do learn that customer service that helps you take the time to understand people. And when you translate that into an entrepreneurial like aspect, it does help you build a business that doesn't just provide a product or a service but you build relationships with people so they continue to come back so i totally get yeah where you're coming from with that and you have to be genuine because exactly. people can see through a fake asshole like a million miles away oh like, yeah and the, I'm, I'm not like the guy that's like out there trying to make a sale if, if there have been times where somebody's like well hey i can get this car cheaper on tcg player i'm like then go get that car cheaper on TCG Player, not like in a condescending way, but like in a genuine. No, you okay, want people go to go, go, go where go their money will money, be, bro. Like, go yeah. do it. Exactly. You want people to go where their money will best be spent, and you are here to consult them. And so it's not even like you're just offering a trading platform. It's almost like you're offering a consulting platform too. It's like I want to help you get the best experience out of this game. So. Whereas I'm here to make a profit, I'm also here to, you know, help you at some point. You know what I mean? That was one of the things I talked to you about when we made our trade is I was, we discussed reserve list values going up. Reserve list is funky. It's still, we're still trying to figure out if it's a linear growth or an exponential growth. Right. Like if it's going to have point or if oh, it's but just, above. Yeah, I think it's I think it's case by case. Yeah. But the last question I wanted to ask you is: uh, Don't overthink it. Give me your three favorite Brad Pitt movies. Go. Yeah, Interview with the Vampire, Troy, Legends of the Fall. All right. Well, Mark, thank you for joining us. What is your Twitter handle? Uh, you can find me at Dynamo Nestico. Awesome. Selling card sucks. Yes. Awesome, man. Well, we hope to hear from you again. Thanks for joining us. And uh, teaching us a little thing about this cardboard economy. Appreciate you guys. Thank you. It was like 2008. I might give that to you. But everybody can afford the internet now. At least a little bit of internet. You can't fucking escape the internet. Right. The internet finds you. Welcome to the internet. We've got everything you need. Speaking of that, California just passed a bill that will allow for a $6 billion plan to lay down infrastructure for fiber optic network access for the entire state. And they plan to prioritize underdeveloped areas, you know, the areas with less than 25 megabits uh, per second of like... To make the Wi-Fi cheaper for... Yeah, for everybody. And and more reliable for everybody. Three point... I mean, my job now, my new job has no signal or Wi-Fi. Right. Zero. I, I feel like with California pushing this kind of initiative because this really is something that a lot of other states as the world develops it is becoming more and more More of a necessity it is a necessity it is infrastructure the internet is no longer a niche service right it is infrastructure and yet 90% of it still porn (laughs) 
<laughs> but I mean that other ten percent, you know, people's jobs, people's lives. The other ten percent. All right, so let's lay this out. Normal people's know, understanding I of know, the internet I is know. like the human brain. I was trying to bring this conversation back to like some kind of like rational, logical discussion. I don't want to talk about all the absurd furry porn. No, I just want to say the internet. As is most people understand it, the internet is for a porn. As most people uh, understand, no, let me finish. As most people understand it, the internet is like the human brain. We only understand 10% of it. And then there's the other 90. Oh, God, you had to go there with it. I'm not saying that the human consciousness is all related to porn, but I'm just saying they teach Freud. I'm just... So, yeah, you literally are making the assumption... Through your you were having lizard people pedophiles earlier, okay? That 90% of our brain function is for sex stuff. Uh, I'm saying 90% of the internet is. And you're saying if most people think about the internet like their brains and that 10% of it is... then 10% is all robot. that's tapped! That means the super geniuses are the ones who watch porn! Because they can access more than 10% of the internet. Of their brain... <laughs> of their brain function through the power of horniness. Yes! Increase their blood flow. Which sends more oxygen to their brain. What is that? Which eventually gives you the seven minutes of clarity. What is that? That Hank Moody mentions in Californication. What is that? I'll tell you what is happening. $6 billion of statewide funds cheaper internet will be allocated 3.25 billion of which will be used to hire a third-party company to build and maintain what they are calling the middle network it is california's way of saying we are going to improve your access and capability to get the internet but we will not give you free internet they will still let ISPs provide access to the internet, but they will make it easier and provide, I guess, a better capability. So you told me about this, and you said that they were going to be putting it out to ISPs, internet service providers, right. but they're going to have the infrastructure set into place by the government. I kind of thought, I'm like... I know it's like we already have the government listening. Hi, Ted the Fed. This guy. But. This guy. Do we need the phone directly linked to the government? If you don't think that your phone isn't already directly linked to the government, then I would like to welcome you to the 21st century. Hi, hello there. Okay. Unless you want to go back to brick phones. Just accept it. I'll settle for an Nokia. Just accept it because there's there's no it's all it's all connected. What's stronger? A Nokia or Mjolnir? Mm, I saw a screen rant article about Goku being able to lift Mjolnir. And I was mad because just off of the headline alone, I couldn't argue with it. 
Because Goku probably is pure of heart enough to be able to lift that motherfucker. You, me, and Lord God had this discussion. Did we? Yes. Ah. And I actually was re-listening to that episode. Ah. I can tell you this. We had that discussion. Dude, and you can't wait. Do I have the same opinion that I have now? Lord God changed yours. Oh, did he? Yes. Oh. Because he said he can't lift it when he's Super Saiyan. Oh. Because to go Super Saiyan, he you have to be... have some inherent rage that of... basically taints your heart to the point where you could not lift Mjolnir. But now I feel like what happens when Thor is mad, though? Because Does that mean he can't lift Mjolnir because he's mad and full of rage? Nah, dude, that's his hammer. So you're saying because Mjolnir was specifically made for Thor... It's think about it this way. I have no problem driving my car because it's stick shift. But for you, you would have to be deemed worthy, aka not destroy my clutch. For me, it's no problem. Like it's it's my car. So are we assuming though? See, now I have to go back and listen to the episode. Go back and listen to the episode, cause that's that's y'all. The episode is called Lord Infamous, by the way. And uh let me know if I if I ask him what happens if he transforms Super Saiyan midway while holding that bitch? Does he just drop to the fucking floor? <laughs> like, I don't know. I need to know. Because I don't feel like this is really the government, like, spying in on you, though. Like, because I said, what happens if Minnesota does this shit? We have tons of useless infrastructure laying around. It's part of the culture war we're having, right? I will say, it is an upgrade from the old shit. Like, I don't understand what the hesitancy was at the turn of the fucking 19th century when steam engine and electricity came out. Like, everybody kind of got... I know there were some people who, like, there. I literally have seen ads where it was, like, electricity. Sometimes people explode when walking under the telephone wires. <laughs> and it's like, that doesn't happen. And we're doing the same shit now, right? Like, when 5G came out, they were like, COVID? Haha, <laughs> have you seen these 5G G towers suck my dick. I'm not getting no vaccine. So I actually have a perfect follow-up on that. You were uh, talking uh, about how uh-huh. we have all of this quote-unquote useless infrastructure. If you look Probably. at all of if you look at all of these, since the Olympics are also one of the things that's been talked about a lot recently. If you look at a lot of the other countries that hosted. Uh, if you look up the pictures of their Olympic villages now, yeah. they look just completely abandoned. Oh, like well, vines growing over and everything. I thought That's you were going to talk about. I thought you were going to talk about the beds that they made for them this time around, so that they can't fuck in them. No, I'm saying. Have you seen them? No, I don't. Hold on. What I'm saying is, as far as useless infrastructure know. goes, know what you're saying. we have at least made better use of the infrastructure that we have than countries, you know, who have fucking toboggan slides just growing over in weeds, yeah. taking up acres Say and acres and acres. Say that to Atlanta. Say that to Seattle. The places in this country that have held the Olympics. We can say that to Japan right now. 
So they made beds for them. I don't know how. Okay. All right. I we can say article. that. We can say that about Japan. I right read now. an article that they have these beds for them to try and you know keep them from bunking together and you know have them maintain social distancing that are made out of like cardboard and are super like sensitive so you can't fuck in them which is what you know is known to happen at the olympic village is a bunch of fucking amongst athletes to create a breed of superhumans that will one day also take steroids and complete compete in the olympics i was gonna say white normal uh cro-magnon man out of existence but what do you think after Homo sapien would be called? Homo superior? <laughs> yes. Duh. What the fuck? Because the human Obviously. brain then it taps into two more percent and it just envelops pure narcissism. I read somewhere that the human brain is like actually like shrinking because we're like compartmentalizing the way we perceive things and we're using like technology and stuff so we don't have to have as much brain matter for and for like survival tactics and shit like that. We live in houses now, right? So we don't have to learn how to watch out for tigers and exactly. pterodactyls and shit like that. But as we were talking about with all of these, you mentioned Atlanta and everything with all of these abandoned things. And I even said it applies to Japan. And this is kind of funny because we're talking about abandoned Olympic villages along with the country that is going to be hosting the Olympics, and yet there are more than 8 million empty houses in rural Japan, and local governments are selling them for as little as $500 to lure residents. Say what? <laughs> yeah. Damn. I mean... So we're talking so about useless infrastructure. Where did you... So this is an this insider? Is, this is an article from Insider. Okay. According to Japan's Housing and Land Survey, there are a record high of 8.49 million akiya, which are like, like row homes. Traditional like Japanese yeah. cottage houses. And many of these homes were left empty after relatives died or people moved away. And if it's people don't know, Japan actually has a declining population because kids, people aren't having kids and the older generations are dying out. The same thing is happening here. They just don't want to talk about it. It's just happening in specific areas. And it's actually crazy because 13.6% of Japan's 62.4 million homes are unoccupied. We look so housing. It's that's that's wild to me, right? Because the housing crisis is something that we are dealing with here, right? Especially with the looming uh, rent crisis, the rent strikes and landlords from evicting people. Oh, um, the stay order. Yeah, but there's a word for it. Not a referendum. See, it's close. All right. Anyway, there's that stay order that's keeping the landlords from evicting all of those tenants right now. And cities like New York and L.A. and all around the United States have 
all of these like houses and real estate properties that are currently like unoccupied and are just like investment properties that people are i don't know trying to flip or whatever at the moment i mean there's tons of fucking abandoned dilapidated row homes in baltimore that they Full were bodies selling i've seen the wire yeah <laughs> <laughs> Baltimore's not exactly like The Wire, everybody. Yeah, no, not at all. But it's like the same shit that it was in Japan. Remember, they were selling like full full sets of row homes for like $10,000. Well, currently, the town of Okutama in western Tokyo is actually handing over aging and vacant buildings for free. See? I mean, but that's literally what was like going on in Baltimore, yo. You could like get grants to buy like whole sets of row homes and flip them shits. They were like, please, somebody, come buy these homes. There's like nothing going on. Help us make the city look better, please. The town of Dyson in Totori Pro. It's so. The clear. town of Dyson in Totori Prefecture saw a 7.9% drop in the number of empty properties when local government offered 2 million yen, the equivalent of 18,229 American dollars grants to those renovating certain houses listed in their database. They would pay you to take a house. That is literally what I've been saying was going on in Baltimore. It's so crazy. And, it's, <laughs> and this is the country that's hosting the Olympics coming up, which if you've seen in other countries, can leave dead and useless infrastructure floating around. Yeah, and Tokyo is that's extra wild to me because Tokyo is already the most densely packed city on the But they're planet. talking about rural Japan. Oh. Yeah. Rural Japan is where they are having a lot of hard times getting people to move to and stay. It's like the USDA grants that they have. Because I mean, out. like, Japan still has a lot of traditional rice paddy fields. If you know, you know. I know a lot of people getting off right now going and getting one of them USDA land grants and going and getting them a set of property out there in fucking South County. Not all of Japan is the Akihabara district. I mean, I feel you. Just like not all of Maryland is Baltimore. My Virginia. <laughs> My mama. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean... It's heavy out here. They and I feel like I was just reading somewhere. You know what's heavy? A lot of people don't even. A lot of the Japanese citizens aren't even really trying to have the Olympics there. You know? Yeah. With, for, uh, and the Olympic events are going to be held without spectators. So it's it's all going to take some getting used to. It's going to be weird because it, I don't. I want to know, are they going to keep the Olympics on every four years, or are they just going to do a three-year lap to put it back on the two-year separation from the Winter Olympics? At this point, I think a three-year lap would probably be more beneficial, don't you think? I mean, it would be easier to keep track of, because it's just like every four years, you remember oh like it's the olympics it's always on an even year so yeah. they could just throw like a little asterisk next to this and be like eh covid exactly you're gonna look at all of the records from like 2019 exactly. to 2022 and just like for everything they're gonna be like well what happened here eh, covid 
Where did your Where's your employment history from 2019 to 2022? Eh, COVID. Can you? Can you? I, I can't wait for that. Getting interviewed by your grand, your grandkids. <laughs> I got a history project, and it's all about COVID. Can you tell me what it was like? Well, son, there's this thing called Tiger King. Oh, and then Let me tell you about Joe Exotic. <laughs> Don't lie, that is one of the things that we are going to think of forever when it comes to fucking COVID, is Tiger King. I've already forgotten about Tiger King. Anytime I think of COVID, I am going to fucking think of Tiger King. That's crazy. Because remember, nobody knew what the fuck to do when they were stuck inside. I'm it was just like one of those shows. Remember it, how you motherfuckers embarrassed the entire nation by running out and buying all the toilet paper for <laughs> yes. no reason. Yes, I remember. <laughs> ah, yeah, no, that one I'll never forget. And then set the rest of the globe off on a trend like, why are all the Americans buying toilet paper so much? We must buy toilet paper then, right? I guess COVID makes you shit your brains out. Johnson and Johnson to the moon. The fuck? The fuck? But, but, speaking of worldly affairs, ooh, run game. We got Russia or Florida's. Oh boy. Alright, so we're back with Russia, Russia or Florida. Florida. Uh, a segment where Zig reads some wild ass headlines that he that found. may be from Russia or, or Florida. Florida, and Doc has to guess which one. Gotta love it. And you know what the thing is? He gets some wrong, and that's the point of the segment. <laughs> and that's the point. You can never tell, cause Russia may be the world's Florida. Florida. Man driving home from strip club drunk falls out of his car and gets run over by his car. This is totally Florida. This is Florida. That is totally a Florida story. This is, is in fact Florida. I don't even think... I'm sure strip clubs are a thing in Russia, but... Falling out of your car drunk on the way home from a strip club. Super Florida. It's super Florida. Totally sounds like a Florida Okay. Was that in Miami? I didn't get where it was, but he definitely looked like somebody who was like from like Fort Lauderdale. Okay. Okay. (laughs) Because we all know what the different Florida bands look like. Next headline. Girl gets tombstone in the shape of an iPhone with a selfie on the front. Read that again one more time. Girl gets a tombstone in the shape of an iPhone with a selfie on the front. What? (laughs) I just want y'all to know that in remembrance of me on my way out, Please note me for this. This is my best selfie. I cared about most. And that this was my most liked post. (laughs) I just want to say, this is 
what Bo Burnham's white woman Instagram was about. I still feel like that this is a Russia headline. This? I'm, I'm impressed. It is, in fact, Russia. Ah. This is Russia. <laughs> two for two. Hey, hey, shout out to Space Jam. Not there yet, but we'll get there. So, man attacked tow truck driver with a pair of nunchucks. <sighs> what kind of car was it? It was a tow truck. No, what kind of car was being towed? I don't know. Damn it. I told you there was one of these that I read read the article for. This is not the one. Did we pass the one that you no. read the article? Oh, okay. Florida. This is Florida. Ah, three for three. He's on fire. He's on fire. Man who was told to wear a mask in store steals a gorilla mask from costume shop. Was it the same shop he was robbing? Uh, from my understanding, it was a mall. So he went into a one store and he was kicked out for not having a mask, goes to another store and gets caught stealing a gorilla mask. Thank you, this is Florida. This is fake. What a twist. Oh, you dirty bastard. This is fake. I made this one up. Damn, what? I what? told you, I was start throwing some curveballs in here. That's a thing? What kind of dungeon master shit is that? The dungeon master type of shit. This is my segment. I have the power here. I know, there, you're here to fight the power. Are there more headlines? Oh, yes. This is the one that I did the research on. Okay. This is the one I've been waiting for. Men pretend to be a bus to cross a bridge. <laughs> what the fuck? What do you, what do you mean? What do you, what do you mean? <laughs> Men pretend to be a bus. To cross a bridge. <laughs> I will pull up the video for you. There's video? <laughs> That's what I mean by I did my research. I'm so... I'm so confused. <laughs> Why would they need to pretend to be a bus? Who's guarding the bridge? Is it a troll? Because if it's a troll, then this is totally Russia. Oh. <laughs> now I'm hip. I see what's going on here. Classic Hanna-Barbera tactics. Look at the cop walking up with somebody fucking upset mom. This is Russia. This, this is, Russia. is Russia. I can tell by the cop. <laughs> Yo. <laughs> that cop looked like somebody's upset parent. Yo. Get the fuck. What are you doing? What are you doing? I saw this and I was like, no. <laughs> Men pretend to be a must. <laughs> wow. Great. I can't of course, wait. I'm going to send that to you. Yeah, I can't wait to slap that video. <laughs> That's going to be great. Because my mind is blown. I don't understand 
How do you get to the point where you're like, <laughs> let's just see how far we can go. I mean, all right, so here's the thing. It, why were they trying to cross the bridge? Was it a toll bridge? I was just, it too expensive? I just fucking told you. Let's. Was it a long walk and you couldn't walk on the sidewalk? It's so literally a conversation <laughs> that landed on, let's just see how far we can go. <laughs> Let's Batman, well, I'll see what I can do. Let's just see how far this goes, guys. I mean, no one says we can't dress like a bus to the nearest drive-thru. And you know you can't pull up at a drive-thru without a vehicle. That's actually kind of genius. The next best thing is to dress like a bus, but in order <laughs> to get there, in order to get there, you have to go on a journey, and there will be haters along your way, i.e. the pigs, a cab, all day, aka fuck the police. <laughs> Alright! I hope the niggas got their Taco Bell, is all I'm saying. So, do you think they have Taco Bell in Russia? They've got to have Taco Bell in Russia. Yeah. Everybody needs Mexican food. Can you imagine going to a Russian Mexican restaurant? I imagine it being very tense. <laughs> I don't. I imagine it being a spectacle. Anyway. <laughs> Speaking of spectacles, Loki had its final episode this week. Or last week, depending on when you're listening to this. It'll definitely be last week when you're listening to this. Hey, it's Look at that turtle go, bro. So, spoiler alert, we're dropping all the spoilers. Cause by, the time, by the time y'all hear this, it would have been two weeks. Spoilers, deal with it. Jonathan Majors killed that motherfucking oh rollerside. Oh my lord. That shit was a he banger. He conquered the screen as soon as he got out of that elevator. Yeah, look at you fangirling. My god. My but God, he how? walks out immediately owning the place. He bites the apple. We'll get to that. <laughs> and he's like, yeah. oh, wow, look, two Lokis in the same place. Look. It's uh, kind of odd. Crunch apple. I'm just happy to see the young Kang getting money, my nigga. The young Kang out here getting money, my nigga. Look, look, I had to say it twice just so, you know, people would get it. Are you going to say that? Is Jonathan Majors your rival? Why do you have to pit two successful black men against each other? Just call me ESPN. <laughs> God. It's so terrible. Why but you also, yesterday, the other day, you Why were like, we God, he's the same age as me. I need to be as successful as him. You, he is, is, is he, are you Gary to his Ash or are you Ash to his Gary? Are you red to his blue? Mmm. Mmm. Gang, gang. <laughs> Blue version or red version? What should what should you have? Red version. I have red version too. Gang, gang. <laughs> Squirtle or Charmander? The other choice is objectively wrong. Bulbasaur. What the fuck is wrong with Bulbasaur? Everything. 
What do you mean? Everything. Everything. What is wrong with Bulbasaur? He sucks. Squirtle's cooler. Charmander's cooler. Also, there was this hilarious thing I once remember from summer camp. This guy had Charizard, or Charmander, and he went to go fight Brock, and he got smashed by Brock. So he ended up grinding in Pallet Town until he had a level 37 Charizard, and then went and fought Brock again. All I'm saying is the hate in your voice towards Bulbasaur, who was always a stand-up character. It's just... I mean, look! My man's... You just... Do you want to know why Squirtle is the one I always picked? You want to know why? Why? Look at me! Squirtle! I don't understand what that was supposed to mean. Squirtle Squad! Okay, the Squirtle Squad, though. All I'm saying was Bulbasaur was always down. Bulbasaur was like Ice Cube. He was like Doughboy and Boys to the Hood. You know what I mean? Like he was always down when you needed him. When you needed him, did he ever let Ash down? No, I don't. All right, I give it to you. Char Charizard was a char Charizard. He started being a dick. dick when he was Char. Charizard was a dick. Yeah. But Charizard came back in Pokemon 2000 when he needed him. Look. He was like, and Charizard was like, Char! Shout out to the Green Ranger. You know the Green Ranger's dope because he has three first names. <laughs> Jason David Frank. Oh, I thought it was, uh, I was about to say Tommy Lee Jones. That's two first names. Tommy Lee Jones. How many people are named Jones for their first name? Come on now. That dude is Jason David Frank. Oh, well, okay, okay. Freddie Prince Jr.? <laughs> Prince is dead. Freddie Prince He Jr. is officially the artist formerly known as Prince. Freddie Prince Jr. is not, though. <laughs> this conversation. Jason David Frank sounds like a rec team, three on, like a rec three on three team. Loki. And it's one person. Loki. Also the White Ranger. Also, Loki, introducing a whole different array that allows Marvel oh, yeah. to completely fuck continuity, which in it was whatever way they please. The right? ending of Loki was as important as the snap. Yes, because as we move forward here, this is really setting the tone for phase four, right? Because let's not forget that Jonathan Majors also plays Kang the Conqueror, right? So where he was introduced here- Doctor Strange and the Multiverse of Madness, Spider-Man, what, what are they calling the next Spider-Man movie? Far where they, From Home. Far From Home, where they bring in Tobey Maguire yeah. and Andrew Garfield. Right. All of this shit is because of the fractured timeline, right? That yeah. was disrupted when- Which is brilliant from a business perspective. I, like I said, it allows them to completely fuck the timeline or the continuity, right? They can do whatever they want now because who the timeline is fractured, right? Like I was reading in Screen Rant, Kang doesn't even always have to be played by fucking Jonathan Majors, right? Because it can be a variant, right? Like Sylvie is just a variant of Loki, so Loki does not always have to be played by Tom fucking Hiddleston. If Thanos is the Destroyer and Stan Lee is the Supreme Kai, 
Jonathan Majors is King the Conqueror is Grand Zeno. Mm. Well, I mean, that is how they are setting his character up to be because they really are. I ended the multiversal war, stands on the desk, and I set the timeline. You're welcome. Yo, it, he really did like. He was comedic, but horrifying scene. at the yeah. same time. It, he was unhinged. Like it was truly a joke. He, he had a Joker-esque laugh. Yo, it was what you would expect from somebody who has really like seen and consumed all existences, right? Like you would totally be that unhinged and just ready to go. Like, please, like, end it. Like, the Joker literally is begging for Batman to kill him. That's his ultimate time. goal. He's like, please, I don't want to be here. I don't know that's why, not why I the Joker. Do that's it. not why the Joker wants him to sure, kill him. Sure, no, it's, yeah, no, of course, the Joker, maybe the Joker just said that because he knows that it'll get to Batman and eventually, as it did, it will make Batman snap that nigga's neck, right? <laughs> like Pause. Let me grab my podium. <laughs> Getting video was the worst thing we ever did. So, it was the. It's also the greatest thing we've ever done. The Joker is an agent of chaos, pure chaos. Yes. Now, yes, all he wants yes. to do is find a way to show that chaos can conquer all. Batman is not a symbol of justice or vengeance. He's only a symbol of order. He is able to do anything to maintain order, but that one incorruptible rule that he will not kill directly with his hands, he's probably caused a lot of casualties over the years, let's disregard that. But Joker being the agent of chaos, wanting to prove that he can take everything down to his level or up to his level, however you want to take the psychosis of Joker. And he sees Batman as the one incorruptible thing. So, to prove that Chaos can conquer all, he must have Batman kill someone. And he knows the only way he can convince Batman to kill someone is to be the most sinister, evil being on the planet that can take the most incorruptible and break it. That all sounds like a roundabout way to just kill yourself, yo. Like, it really just sounds like he has a... What do, what do they call it? What, a suicide by death squad? Look, I'm it? not saying it's not an R slash I'm 14 and this is deep. No, but. no, no. It sounds like the niggas who get into shootouts with the cops because they want to, you know, off themselves. And he's like, no, the cop I want to off me is Batman. Have you seen those pecs, bro? Oh, my God. <laughs> like, You're right in the premise. You're terribly <laughs> off with the reasoning. <laughs> no, sure. Whatever. Maybe maybe it's not because the Joker has a total homosexual crush for Batman that, you know, Harley Quinn, the animated series, has touched on already. Maybe it's not that. Maybe it's totally because the Joker, he's just the ultimate edgelord, bro, and, you know, it's total, like, fucking fifth brain shit, and I can't because <laughs> I'm just not on that... It also just feels like, you know, if he really wanted to break Batman, I'm sure there are other people he could have got Batman to kill. Why does he have to be such a narcissist if he really wants to? Because he knows that no one else is capable of pushing Batman to that point. Because Joker push... is someone who has 
Okay. Completely detached himself from consequence. And all Not morality, that. consequence. And all logic, right? Because Batman clearly already knows that what- There's an argument, actually, to say that Joker has superseded to another level of humanity. It's a weird argument. But there is an argument. I gotta find it up in my Batman paper. It's dug somewhere in like the 50-something pages. I guarantee you that argument was written by a neckbeard, bro. I also know that if what Joker's ultimate goal is, is not suicide and is... It's to prove chaos can't corrupt all. Then he would logically know that there is no way Batman will kill him because Batman has already figured out that that is Joker's plan. So Joker should then try to logically get Batman to kill someone else because he is the ultimate agent of chaos and can push Batman to kill somebody, whether it be him or an unsuspecting individual. Four right? sidekicks, Robin's on the wall. Four sidekick, Robin's on the wall. Take one but, down, beat it with a bar. Three sidekick, Robin's on the wall. All I'm saying is, is it sounds to me like Joker may have some gay suicide homoerotic thought pattern like fantasy fiction going on. That's we should I'm ask saying. Mark Hamill. That's all I'm saying. We gotta reach out to Mark Hamill and just be like, will you do a weekly segment with us called Ask Mark Hamill? No, we don't. Because, like I said, Harley Quinn, the animated series, already explained it. You know? Jonathan Majors is incredible. Yes. I totally love what this finale has set up for the Marvel Cinematic Universe and what Jonathan Majors is doing for... And to see him from Lovecraft Country... Well, what I was because I mean, to say. I have only seen him in Lovecraft Country, and he, his acting chops showed through there. And while this is a completely different character, he uses those same tools, and I'm like, wow, I can totally buy into him as Atticus and as Kang, and see them as separate characters, which is a really impressive thing in an actor. What I was going to say is, I totally love what Jonathan Majors is doing for black men in science fiction in general, right? Because it's not something that you see very often. I mean, we had like Wesley Snipes, and then we had like Shaquille O'Neal and Robert Townsend and uh, Michael Ja White. But like, it's not, and those are like superhero movies. That's not even just like science fiction, right? And I like what Marvel has done for the blending of science fiction and superhero movies, right? Because a a lot of them essentially are science fiction movies. Um, You know what was really cool? So I listened to this analysis podcast, because you know I love deep dive analysis. And this podcast was like three times as long as the episode, but they were just breaking down everything. Right. They talked ad nauseum about Jonathan Majors, and you know what was nice that I noticed? What? Not once was him being black ever mentioned. Well, I feel like that is the objective goal, right, is to get to that point. But I do feel like representation matters. It is very important, but 
it's not part of his narrative and it had no reason to be discussed. And oh, I was like, oh, you mean in the show as reference to the character being black. in in the like yeah. the analysis episode of this oh, podcast. Oh, oh, okay. They okay. never once mentioned Jonathan Majors being black. Well, I and mean, that was yeah. I was like, that's really nice. Yeah, I do think. Well, it's I mean, just he's the actor playing the character. Cause Kang, that is it. Kang was purple skinned, so I mean, who else would he play was green skin, Also, which version of Kang? Green and purple skin. So I mean, like, which, which version of Kang? Right, because as I stated earlier, it's with the disruption in the timeline. It's not even definite that all versions of Kang have to be played by Jonathan Majors, right? Like, a version of Kang the Conqueror could show up in Falcon Winter Soldier Dezu-chan that isn't played by Jonathan Majors. <laughs> it's Captain Falcon Soldier Winter Dezu-chan. Anyway, my point here being with him slated to be Kang the Conqueror in Ant-Man 3, right? Like it's Ant-Man Trace. It's not even the same Kang that he was in Loki, right? Like the Kang that he was in Loki is, dead. is the one of, oh, not the one above all, what is it? The one that... Uh, the one that remains. Yes, the one that remains, right? So that one is dead, right? Yeah, like, he's dead. That was the ultimate Kang. Now we will see all of the Kang variants vying for control of the timeline. I can't wait to see Alligator Kang. You know there's an Alligator Kang. Loki season two has already been confirmed. Yep. I mean, I gotta get caught up on the entire series. I've watched bits and pieces of episodes here and there since you showed me the season finale. Young Justice season four on HBO Max was confirmed. So we'll be getting ready for that. I haven't watched um, season three. I need to. It's on HBO Max, right? Yes. Okay, because I remember DC was trying to do their own streaming service. I'm like, I'm not paying for a DC exclusive streaming yeah, service. No, now they're tag team with HBO, and that's probably the best move for them. Speaking of best moves, let's talk about James Gunn saying Guardians of the Galaxy 3 will most likely be his final MCU film. How you feeling about that? <sighs> I wish he didn't do Guardians of the Galaxy. Ooh, what would you have had him do? Iron Man? Could you imagine what a James Gunn Iron Man would have been like? Give me a second to ponder this. Okay. It just didn't feel like... So you weren't a Guardians fan? I'm not a huge fan of the Guardians. No? Oh. Oh. oh look at this guy. Eyebrow. I would have wanted James Gunn to do the Daredevil Netflix show in the way they're doing the Disney Plus shows. Mm. Okay. I think if we see James Gunn in the MCU again, it will be in some similar style to that. You know what I mean? Maybe guest directing one of the episodes for the series or something like that. I saw this great meme, by the way, about Marvel MCU. It's like, yeah, you know, Captain Marvel's out there defending the galaxy. Tony Stark is stressing over protecting the whole, he's protecting the whole world. 
Captain America is saving our country. Spider-Man's got New York City on lock, and Daredevil is getting his ass whooped for like a five-square block area in New York. <laughs> That's fucking terrible, yo. That's fucking terrible. You know what else might be a terrible idea? Netflix has decided that they are going to stream video games. Can you play it on the KF console? You still stuck on this KF console, my nigga. No, look, so listen, Netflix has decided that they gotta d diversify a little bit. You know, they tackled the animation. You know, first they really came for the neck with the, like, their What are they gonna be, series. <laughs> So now they're gonna do some, uh, they're gonna stream some video games. I haven't seen what titles or, you know, kind of exclusives if it's- Are they gonna be originals or are they gonna have I did. Is it gonna be? A, is it gonna be an extra level subscription? Is it gonna be? That, but I saw an article for a what was that fancy period piece show that they had just recently? Queen's Gambit? No, not Queen's Gambit. The other one with the interracial love affair. I know that's a terrible way to describe this. Show. Also, there's a lot of those now. Oh my God, you. Bridgerton, yes. There was a article I saw about a, a about about a Bridgerton game. So I don't know. You don't know, take that how you want to take it. I'm, I'm just saying with all these like Japanese RPGs out there with you know these dating I mean, RPGs. Why can't don't we, you dare bring Fire Emblem into this? Why can't we have a Bridgerton RPG dating? <laughs> Why not? They turned Fire Emblem into a fucking waifu simulator. Why not one? And they added a casual mode. I'm, do you know what kind of fire a Game of Thrones waifu simulator would have been? I mean, there's enough tits already in the show. Right, so can you just imagine how these weebs would have been like just... No! Look, look. The money's there. Is all I'm saying. All you need to do is sign the check. I don't think that this is a bad idea if they can get the infrastructure right. Everybody, but I mean, look, Apple did it. Google was trying to do it. And how were, how is Stadia doing? Do we know what the numbers, the subscription numbers for Stadia look like? For Stevia? Stadia. Stevia. Is it Stevia? No, that's a fucking that, coffee sugar that's what the fucking, So fuck you. No, you know what I'm talking about. The Google... Stream like Google's answer to Steam. Anyway, why don't they just call it Google anyway, Games? Welcome to the flood where we try to be hip and in touch about. He games. throws a lot of shit at me sometimes, <laughs> yo. Anyway, so I mean, would you, if Netflix was streaming things like TFT? and league depends on what i can like play that. it could i play it with my switch controller would i have to use a keyboard and mouse right would you be able to play it on whatever service like if you're streaming it on a ps a four or five can you play it on the ps4 or right. five controller right like can you play uh, if it you're from your like because that would make it hard like people who have a switch that would want to do that netflix isn't on nintendo market ah i didn't know that so do you think that this is a good move for them with them opening up all these studios and things that they're doing? 
I mean, Netflix started out by sending DVDs and Gamefly was a thing, so fuck right. it, why not? But that's what, so why not just absorb Gamefly then, right? Like, Didn't they just eat themselves? Maybe. Who knows? I mean, as someone who used to absolutely die hard for having physical copies of games... As somebody who had a Gamefly account, like... The surface was it's legit. Just, it, it, I mean, at this point, I'm just like... You know who else was like, eh? Cornell West. Cornell West peaced out from Harvard uh, over the week. Um, yeah. And wrote that scathing letter I let you read before we film, where he just kind of, you know. He was like, hi everyone, I love all my staff, but fuck you all, you're sellouts. <laughs> fuck the administration, the staff is cool. <laughs> My man literally rolled in and was like, fuck you, fuck you, fuck you, fuck you. You're cool. She's cool. You didn't say shit when my mom passed, so fuck you. And, um... Also, you didn't give me my time off, and every class I was teaching, you said was a black class. It was, yeah, it was literally, it was more about the, you didn't give me my time off, and you didn't say shit when my mom passed. It was about how they forced him to... I guess brand himself as like the black instructor and you know kind of like pigeon held him within a standard that he didn't feel like other people were held to and he felt like the rest of the black administration or the black staff there was held to the same standard if not treated worse than him you know what I mean and he let them know that that is why he was leaving it, it pretty much was I'm leaving because this is a toxic work environment post and I'm totally with it like fuck that get out of your fucking job if it's toxic yo fuck that shit it's 2021 you do not have to the only way we've seen the only way we are going to make them bend right is to put their feet to the fire and I'm not out here just trying to talk radical shit to quote like, Loki <laughs> I'm not out here just talking radical shit to, you know, hype up the speculatory uh, streams, right? No, what I'm... It's been proven, yo. The only way that people talk about the riots and why did they loot? Why did they burn the buildings down? Because they don't listen beforehand. You had angry moms. You had angry citizens going to these city hall meetings and these council meetings talking about police brutality and the over-policing of these neighborhoods and the underfunding and the under-reform that was being, or the not near enough amount of reform that was being done in these areas. And when things hit a boiling point, the people acted the only way they felt would be heard, right? So, what do we have now? We have a system where after the pandemic, you know, quote unquote, jobs and services, essential services are having trouble hiring staff, right? Like there is an unemployment crisis. These niggas aren't going back to work. And it's because they're demanding a better work to life balance, right? They want a livable wage. It is being discovered now that with the rent prices that we were talking about earlier, right? It's being discovered that people's minimum wages do not 
sustain them. Maybe they should, is, maybe everybody just needs to move to Japan. It is not enough to get a one bed. Most people's minimum wage jobs is not enough to afford a one bedroom apartment in a lot of the urban, you know, areas, uh, the urban population centers in the United States, right? Which means your only choice then is to move to the rural areas, right, where it's cheap to live, but then you have to have the ability to commute. And the infrastructure to commute from the rural areas to the city to get work is not where it should be. That's what they're fucking looks out for us here out in the fucking booms right the culture in context we don't even have the internet and then when they go to bring them the internet they go oh, oh the big guy what do we do with the internet we make mainstream make sense wizard hands mm. fucking crazy yo with my ice guys chill out Jalen Rose said some wild shit, and I want to hear what you had to say after break. So, I'm fully aware that I was singing 1980s cartoon D&D ballad type of music. When Bilbo found that I'm sorry. Anyway, <laughs> as we roll back into it. I have two who the fuck to ask for this. Oh, yo, it's me! It's me, the guy who asked! What is this? But why? Hey, who man is this? Why? Why would you do that? Why would you do any of that? Who man is this? You serious? Damn, you coming with the heavy hitters this week. Alright, so what is so what do we got? What do you got for me? Do you want to start with the 1984 one, or do you want to start with the uh, more money laundry one? What kind of setup is that? I guess I'm always looking for ways to clean up some paper. All right, so in Magic the Gathering news. Oh, buddy. So I like how you said One of that. the top players in the world has started his own card game. Y'all know he totally set me up. What a twist. Started his own card game that you don't have to buy packs. You can just buy the individual cards that you need. Okay. But you can only buy it with crypto. And not even any crypto. What? A specific crypto. Like Tevo or something like that. But why? Why crypto? Right? This sounds like a pump and dump. Right? Like, <laughs> here I am. I'm going to use this card game. And my clout from another card game. To boost this random cryptocurrency. And then I'm going to cash out and dip on this whole motherfucking thing, right? Like, And it makes sense considering Wizards cut so much of the prize money from pro players. Do you know how easy it would be to just be like, I decided that the project wasn't going anywhere. Um, if you guys still have cards... Congratulations, you now hold something rare and... NFT! Collectible yourself. So, it sounds like a scam. Yeah, kind of does. I'm not mad at it. Look, if anybody falls for it, then, you know, shame on them. But, or good on them. Who knows? A copy of Super Mario 64 just sold for what? Like, over a million dollars. 
right? Unopened, of course. So if you just happen to have enough money to fuck around and buy a copy of Super Mario N64 and not open that motherfucker. I mean, you heard about the dude that bought the Bezos space flight for $80 million and then was like, whoops, scheduling conflict. Bro, I'm just like, with the card stuff, like, at this point, it really just feels... And I'm totally But I mean, you see how all of this is just becoming... It's a microcosm of the economy as a whole. It is all just money laundering. <laughs> mm-hmm. You get a bunch of money, and I don't know. I don't want the IRS to take it. Let me buy some reserve list magic cards. Why would I want to help benefit the economy? Why would I want to help rebuild the infrastructure and maintain the hospitals so that I don't know if something like COVID ever fucking happened again. We wouldn't get overwhelmed with masks that were extremely outdated and undersourced. I don't know. Why would I? Why? Nah, fuck that. I'm just gonna buy a fucking $7,000 magic card. Yeah. Yeah. And, yeah. this and is, if you bought it at the right time, it's probably worth $15,000. This is coming from the dude who, if he had enough fucking money, would spend probably $20,000 on an entire granite tub. Something completely frivolous and grandiose, right? If I had the money, I would totally do it. But, but... We have a Patreon! Pump and dump schemes. <laughs> Using your clout to push a Bitcoin, right? Or to push a crypto coin, to push a crypto coin, cause like Bitcoin is not gonna become the Tupperware of cryptocurrency. To use your clout, it's like, it's becoming so played out, right? Like one of the Paul brothers is in trouble for that shit. The whole like fucking FaZe Clan just got in trouble for that shit. The scam is so like fucking last year. Like the fuck, like what are y'all doing? Like, goddamn, how are we ever supposed to destabilize the dollar and make crypto an actual like thing if you guys keep using it to scam the normies <laughs> y'all never think about the long haul right you guys never think about the long con it's always about instant gratification with you motherfuckers that's why we can't get anything done i'm sorry what happened I'll save the next two the fuck after this. No, why? Why are we saving the, what we would do in the segment? Did something I say? Was it something I said? Okay. Did I say no, something no, 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 no. All right, so. What did I say? Replica. My oh. AI friend. So we know who asked for this, right? Neckbeards? It's not just neckbeards, right? It's like incels or like motherfuckers who claim they just I just don't have the time for a woman you know what I mean she needs effort and attention and empathy and I just don't have those things because I'm a business man not a business man you know like Jay-Z said Right? I'm like Jay-Z. You know, that's why I don't have time for a woman. Cause you I'm don't like, have any time. You also don't have any ass. Because I'm like Jay-Z. You know I'm getting to the to the, to the the paper. No? Okay. There's no paper at the end of this trail, buddy. In a world to, to me, where... this is like, I am not shocked that it exists. In a world... I'm just okay. disappointed that it does. I'm disappointed that it exists in the capacity that it exists in. Because in a world where 
therapy is becoming more accepted, right? And mental health is becoming a more understood and more accepted thing. I think something like Replica could have a benefit, right? Where if you combined it with like a talk space or um, a better help app and you yeah. had an avatar for your therapist, even if it was like a chat bot, like you chatted and the bot responded with the therapist text in audio form, like I think that could be good, right? Like that could benefit some people. Or even, you know, having a pretend friend to text throughout the day that is actually your fucking therapist, that may be a placebo that some people need to exist in the normal run. I get that, but... but but the advertisement. But you throw that shit right up here. Yeah. The the dude looking at the other girl meme, and the dude, you, the girlfriend said real people, and the one girl he was looking at said replica, and it had an avatar's face on it. And I saw that, and I was like, this is some fire emblem shit. It's not just fire. I mean, they literally made a movie about it, right? Like the dude who started Vice. What was his name? What the fuck is his name? God damn it. Her? What is that movie, Her, where the dude falls in love with his AI assistant? Oh. We've been here. Hi. There's been movies about this. Why are we doing this? You know why? Because niggas can't, niggas can't resist themselves. You know? It's not me. What it is is I just... I haven't met the perfect girl yet. You know what I mean? Like, the planet is so fast, bro. Like, there's there's a billion broads out there. And I just, it, I, I don't have the time because I'm too busy being like fucking, I'm too busy being like Elon Musk. You know what I mean? So, like, I don't have the time to woo-woo and ha-ha-ha-ha. I got one ladies. question for you, bruh. If you're at a party with eight people and you see a guitar in the corner, what do you do? I don't pick it up. I pay somebody to play the fucking guitar because that's what I do. I'm the money man. You don't... This guy doesn't know who he's talking to. Spike Jones. That's who it was. Spike Jones directed the movie where Joaquin Phoenix fell in love with his Google assistant. <laughs> <laughs> Don't look. I get that, you know, with the current climate, like anxiety inducing to talk to somebody that you find attractive. But what I need you guys to understand is that humans, I don't know, some people might even say biologically, are communal creatures. <laughs> I know some of us at nature are introverts and stuff like that, you know, and it makes us anxious to be around mass groups of people, but you still need some kind of human contact. We need human interaction so much, and even if it's a computer, that'll work too. No, I don't think so. That's the opposite of my point. My point I would was, be facetious. I don't fear the whole AI waifu incel movement takeover. It's cringe. No, I don't think so. Let them Fire Emblem is pretty fucking cringe. Fair enough. 
they can be cringe, right? Because it's a new thing, right? Like here's where I come in and play devil's advocate. Let them have it. If it makes them stop shooting up fucking schools, right? Let them fucking have it. They can have Fire Emblem too. I'm sorry. It's God, the, that series is such trash now. It's for the betterment of the community, yo. I'm sorry, Fire Emblem. Let them have their waifus. You know what that means, though, right? Doesn't it just mean... Three more Smash characters from Fire Emblem. Oh, oh, I thought you meant, like, the literally what does the term waifu mean. No. <laughs> no. My DS asked me to blow into it. Oh, my God. So I was playing... That made me uncomfortable. I know, right? <laughs> let me tell you... Uh, let me tell you... Me what you let, <laughs> It's bad, okay? <laughs> and, the, and this is why <laughs> Fire... This is why I, I talk about my, like, little niche Fire Emblem Twitter of, like, four people. Yo, what the fuck? So I was playing Fire Emblem Conquest. And Awakening was already weird enough because, you know, you had to, uh, uh, what's the word, uh, breed people to get the best army. Did you say breed? Yes. All right. You had to make sure you had all of the people you wanted to, you know, min-max your stats of your children unit. You had to make sure that each people fell in love with the right people. So now you're talking eugenics. This is like the third time you've mentioned eugenics in the past three weeks. I was just Everything's Nazi Germany. All right, anyway. Be on the lookout. Um, so, I was uncomfortable with that fire emblem. I'm like, this whole aspect is really weird, but it wasn't really thrown in your face. It was, but I mean, like, comparatively speaking to where we're going to. I played it because it was it was a fire emblem. It felt like a fire emblem okay. when it wasn't on casual mode. So I'm playing Conquest. I'm like, okay, it's another fire emblem. It's after Awakening. I have hope. Maybe this is better. Okay, great. There's child units. So now I need to start pairing up again. Okay, my main character you can get a super unit if you super enhance your relationship and what is it you have you have like this little town that you can build and you get a house specifically for you and your waifu what does it take to super enhance a relationship i'm getting to that oh excuse me like i said you you build your little town and you have your house with you and your waifu uh -huh. and i want you have to like go check in and everything just you know uh -huh. do whatever and the waifu will talk to you uh -huh. i walked into the house the waifu said i just got out of the shower can you help me dry off the ds what? prompted wait, me wait 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 so is this like, so the more you talk about it, it sounds like The Sims, right? Yeah. Okay. And it's not supposed to be like The Sims, right? No, this is supposed to be a tactical combat game. So, how did... And I said, okay. she said she got out of the shower. Right, okay. Help her blow off, or dry off. At that point, my DS prompted me. Blow into the microphone. You know what I did? Turned off the DS, closed it, <laughs> never turned it on again. I sold it. I never fucking turned it on again. 
It was the dirtiest thing my uncle, I mean my DS has ever asked me to do. I was so uncomfortable when that happened. I'm like, how old were you? 26. <laughs> oh, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. 226. Yo, all I'm saying is if my video game asked me to blow into it and it's not because the video game isn't working and the video game actually asked me to blow into it, I'm taking this shit back to GameStop, yo. To help my waifu dry off. Because you know what? I really needed that child unit to have the best min-max stats. You know what that reminds me of? The Pokemon? Fucking, no. Nigga. And how dehumanizing it is? No, nigga, them ads before porn videos that's like, play this game and oh. it'll make you come in less than 30 <laughs> seconds flat. And I'm like, that's bullshit. Ain't nothing ever made me come in 30 seconds flat, my nigga. What do you think I am, 12? <laughs> I'm just saying, do you think? Do you really think? If it was how well, then I think that ends in therapy, dude. So... So let's not talk about the Catholic Church story after that. Yeah, that's why I don't play Fire Emblem anymore, though. That's and that's what also we why I'm talking about. And that's also why I stay off of Fire Emblem Twitter. That's what we because were talking about. Fire Emblem, like the dominant Fire Emblem Twitter. Because so, you want to know what happened when they added waifu mode and casual mode? So filthy casuals came in. Well, duh. I'm, filthy, filthy casuals came in. That totally sounds and like it's a all, category. It's all, like, waifu people, and they're playing on casual, and they're just like, I just want to play for the story, and oh my god, let's ship this person with this shit person. Oh my god, god. I fucking hate new Fire Emblem fans. Yes, I'm gatekeepery as fuck. You want to know why? He is this episode, isn't he? He's very gatekeepery. You want to know why? Gatekeepery this episode? Anyway, why? Because. 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 For some, because. Because. For some art to remain legitimate and authentic, it cannot be tainted. First and foremost, you look like an ostrich. I know. Second of all, there is a little bit of beard on that neck. <laughs> Break! Jalen. We didn't talk about this enough, but Mark Jackson on the broadcast of Game 3 said that Jeff Van Gundy was freestyling, freestyling at lunch. Jeff Van Gundy has bars. When you see the great Jeff Van Gundy, can you please get him to freestyle for you? He'll definitely freestyle for me. I got love for the notorious JBG. And when was the last time you freestyled, Jalen Rose? When he says freestyle, just so you know, we need to do a segment called Smitty and Hoppy. You know, Tommy the OG appreciate why I'm going here. There were two cops on Sanford and Son, one black and one white. And when Fred Sanford would open up the door, the black cop would be talking in the language that Fred understood, and the white cop was doing just the opposite. So Fred would always have to look at the black cop to translate, right? Mm-hmm. So, so let's do that in this case. What's the case again? Saying, I'm good. Jeff ain't got any freestyling. <laughs> well, sometimes I lose thought, too, when you're looking at your phone and you ain't selling me. That's what happens when you do a oh, show with oh, somebody. Oh, it's my phone now. Oh, no, it's my phone no, now. No, okay. I can tell you how it works. 
Qualify as an ally is so fucking low. Real low. All you gotta do is spit like half of half a bar from like, open an outcast shirt I and say you like Wu Tang Clan. Big pimping, you know. What what was the him and Alicia Keys song? Empire State of Mind. Yeah. Have you know the bacon pancakes of Extra Time version is way better. Every time, every time I bring up Empire State of Mind, you come in with the fucking bacon, bacon pancakes. Bacon pancakes, pancakes, making bacon pancakes. Yo. Take some bacon and you put them in the pancake. All I'm saying is Jalen Rose ain't tell not one fucking lie just now, bro. Not one. It's, it's so real. Black people just want peace so bad, son. <laughs> Hey, don't go past the mailboxes. Well, we might be going down to what's-his-name house to get him outside, that's all. Don't go past the mailboxes, bro. Close my door, close my door! I will! Yeah. I thought, personally, he would close the door regardless. He does like that. 
That's why I had to remind him. I promise you, I'm not on him like that for no reason. <laughs> Yo, I would let him live. You know me, I would let him live if I could. I no, can't. it's just the type of shit my mom does to me all the time. Like, they'll let shit fucking build up and then it will become a huge deal. Literally, all they have to do is just tell me and be like, oh, okay. Yeah, no, like, I, I was hanging out with Periwinkle and he called me out. He was like, you walk in front of people like all the time. I'm like, I, I walk fast. I'm sorry. And he's just like, I think it's just because you're inconsiderate of other people. And I'm like, huh, I never thought of that. Maybe you're right. Damn. I mean, <laughs> it's fair. Yo, Periwinkle was like, hey, yo, since we reading me all the time, that's why I let it slide. I want to say something. That's why I let it. I took. I tore his fucking love note apart with a highlighter. I want to tell the people the thing. Hey, people, if you listening out there in the world, just know that it's gonna be okay. Right? All the pretty girls in the world. It's gonna be fine. You know, sometimes you just gotta. You know, sometimes you gotta walk in front of a motherfucker. People be in your way. And you trying hey, to get to it then. Baby, I got your money. You 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 try and get somewhere, you know what I mean? And it's hey, like, Daddy. You got money on the line or you know, you know, it could be something important you try and get to and Here I go! Deep tight flow! Jacques could never get this slow, right? Motherfuckers just walking in front of you, eating their bagels, scrolling through their Instagram feed or whatever, by the way, follow us. Um, and it's like, you know, you got places to be. People yo, 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 do. yo. You know what I hear, right? I want to hear that Wu-Tang joke. And you, you know, you, you trying to... You're a big asshole for not carrying on that. that you trying skit. to reach your goals and you trying to live your life to the focus in the way you want to live it. And sometimes that means you got to push in front of a motherfucker and you got to be like, yo, get out of my way, G. Look. You, the plane you flew in on, them shoes, your socks with the bell on it, your gay ass accent, them cheap ass cigars, your yuck mouth teeth, your hair piece, your chocolate, Guy Ritchie, Prince William, the queen. This is America. Now get the out of my hotel room. And when they look at you, you gotta be like, when did you turn into Montel Jordan? What? No, it's not Montel Jordan. Who's the fucking... He's from Glen Burnie, too. The... Never mind. Continue. Anyway, Jalen Rose Barbecue. Your qualifications as hood pope. Oh, I said... Your expectations are very low. No, it's not my expectations. I just feel like culturally, the expectations are very low for what is considered an ally, right? As we were talking about with the Rachel Nichols thing, like, you know, she showed her ass and was acting like she was really, you know, standing the charge for the movement and everything. As Mariah Rose so eloquently reminded us. Right, like, but then when it came time to actually be a part of that movement and see the advancement of another black person, you know, instead of her own advancement, she, you know, became disgruntled with the way the system was shaping out, not in her favor. I feel bad right now. For the past two minutes, I've had Rosa Parks by Outkast stuck in my head. 
And I just oh, feel like yeah. it, he's not wrong when he said that, you know, all Jeff Van Gundy got to do <laughs> spit half a Jay-Z bar. And everybody go fucking wild like fucking... Uh, I got love for notorious JVG. <laughs> Mike Jones was trending the other fucking day on Twitter and it was because some white guy in the middle of a fucking interview where this dude was legitimately asking these two black students... Oh, by the way, I think Biz Marquee died today. Yes, rest in peace, Biz Marquee. Bowie legend. I feel like everybody I've ever met has a, yeah, I met Biz Marquee at a liquor store story. I like how you were like, I don't give a fuck about Mike Jones <laughs> and why he was trending on Twitter the other day. No, that just Biz popped Marquee in my head. Died. Nah, Mike I mean, Jones was trending on Twitter the other day. Biz Marquee died, and that is uh, totally a notable interjection because it is said you know we are talking about local legend also that song will live forever it is top tier earworm oh yeah um, totally talking cool. about talk about self-aware fucking music talk about cookout material yeah oh baby you it is a shame in the same year we have lost DMX, DMX. Doom Shock was technically G. next year or last yeah. year. Bismarcky. And Donald Trump is still alive. 2016, though, was. That was the year where they were dropping off like flies. I feel you, but my whole point is that this orange motherfucker is out there making waves again, and COVID didn't get him. The IRS is looking to get him. Yeah, we'll get into that once we. Uh finish reading the subpoena and a couple of more background information, but we will actually have intellectual real insight into that because um, we will have read the subpoena. And, or, I'm sorry. We will have, um, what's the word? Uh, read the indictment. The flood. Where we read, read everything. Things for you. So you don't have to Come here for the paraphrase. Stay for the drinks. And go to Token MTG in Edgewater. And if you tell them that we sent you, you'll get a free pack with your purchase. Pokemon, Flesh or Blood, MTG, Magic the Gathering. Hey, if you even get there on the right day, you might even see me there playing. Can you believe it? Look, look, the Flood officially got a sponsorship. Sponsored. That's just to show you all that none of this is normal. Look, it's a flood. It's, a flood. it's flooding. Get away. Get away. Quick, we need to get to higher ground. Open the floodgates.